The Lord be with you. And with A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. On the first day of the week, two disciples of Jesus were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation which you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since this happened. Moreover, some of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. And they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He appeared to be going further, but they constrained him, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished out of their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour returned and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven gathered together and those who were with them, who said, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. The road to Emmaus is such a profound and beautiful scene. Uh, we've looked at it several times. I know um, we've kind of, in looking at it and in studying it over these uh, over this last while, we've looked at it through the lens of the liturgy, the liturgical lens 
which is something that we get from the church fathers and some of the other saints when they look at the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Um, you know, you have that obvious distinction between a liturgy of the Word, where the Word is broken open by Christ for them, and then a liturgy of the Eucharist, where they sit at table and where there is the breaking of the bread, where they then recognize Christ and His presence in their midst. And so you have this kind of lens of the Mass by which we can look at this scene. But yesterday when I was praying with this scene, what struck me was what happens in the interior. And I think that that's also another beautiful kind of layer that we can peel back on this scene and look into it and see, well, what actually happens in the disciples? How are they transformed through this experience? This experience of having the word broken open for them, and then also their rejoicing in the presence of Christ. What does that do in the interior? And it tells us in the gospel, they describe it themselves. Through their own words, we understand what has been going on within them. They say, did not our hearts burn while he walked with us on the way and opened the scriptures to us. So we can see that what's happened in them is that what has been transformed in them most deeply is their heart. That word in the Greek, it means the most central part of us, right? Both spiritual and physical. It is the, the seat, if you will, the core of our interior. It is, it incorporates as well in the Greek, the mind and the will, but also the entirety of the soul in a certain sense. So it is that central part of us. And it is transformed, we can see through this encounter with Christ, to where it was previously, as described by the Lord, dull. They were slow of heart to believe. So their heart was not on fire. Their heart was dull. Their heart, heart was not burning. And then through this encounter with Christ, they described their own transformation in their own words. Did not our hearts burn as he's walked with us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? And this, I think, should also help when we then reflect on this. Well, what is this fire? What causes this burning? And we can see if we go back in Luke's gospel to chapter 12, the Lord himself describes his own desire. He says, I have come to cast fire upon the earth and would that I were that, would that, I were, that it was already kindled. So he has this desire to cast fire. And all of the church fathers in their commentary on that scene describe that as an interior fire of the heart. So what St. Ambrose says is he says that when the Lord wants to cast fire on the earth is he wants to put into the hearts of mankind a desire for the divine nature, that we actually begin to desire God. That is what it is for our hearts to catch fire. Then we have St. Gregory. He describes it according to other desires as well. So there is this full transformation that happens. St. Gregory says it is when the Lord burns up with his love. He burns up earthly desires and sinful inclinations in our heart. And he enkindles in our heart a deep desire for spiritual and heavenly things. So it is a purification of the heart. And that's what St. Cyril says. St. Cyril says that this casting of, the fire, of fire is this deep purification of the heart. He compares it to when gold is purified in fire. He says also the Lord comes and wants to purify our hearts in that same fire. And he says, so what happens is, is that the Lord then comes and he purifies our heart, particularly by the preaching of the gospel. So that when the gospel is heard and believed, our heart is refined like gold in the furnace. And I think that's very beautiful then if we come back to the road to Emmaus and we see that this is exactly what happens to the disciples as they walk with the Lord. He comes to them and they do not understand the scriptures. They do not understand what has happened. 
and that is why they perceive everything that has happened as a failure. First, because they do not understand it, but also because they did not desire heavenly things in the way that they should have. So we can see that Christ is a disappointment to them because he did not fulfill what they hoped for. They have not begun to question whether or not they were actually hoping for the right things. And so the purification in their interior is an increase of desire according to right things. And this is what the Lord is going to do. Because if he doesn't purify that in us, then the Lord will be a disappointment to us because he doesn't bring us the earthly things that we desire and want. Often he does not grant that in our life because they are not conducive to our eternal salvation. And so he raises our desires to what he desires to give us, which are heavenly things, but also him himself. And so he comes and he begins to speak with them, his word. And we can see that in this conversation, their hearts already begin to be purified. The first thing that happens when he speaks to them and when they listen to his words is all of the error, if you will, all of the poison that is within comes out. The word of God, in a certain sense, like a surgeon, he cuts them open and everything that should not be inside is taken out. And so they describe their own lack of hope. They describe their own lack of belief. They describe all of these things as this just comes kind of pouring out them, pouring out of their hearts, pouring out of their interior. In a way, this is the surgeon healing them, right? Wounding in order to heal. And then after all of this has been poured out, the Lord then begins to place what should be in within. And so he begins to open the scriptures to them and explain the scriptures with understanding. And so now, not only has the bad been burnt away, but the good has now been placed within them. Not only have the kind of lesser desires been purified and burnt up in that fire of God's word, but also they have started to desire what they should desire. And so he opens the scriptures to them. He ignites those slow and foolish hearts and allows them to burn with love and charity and belief and faith. And says, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And as they encounter truth, as it is spoken to them, they have that response that we all know. We all know that we are made for truth. We are made for it even in terms of the entirety of our being. So much so that we react to falsity and to lies, even in our being. The police can use those polygraph tests to test when someone is lying. Why? Because our whole being reacts when it is not true. And so also we can see even in that that we are made for the truth. We react to the truth with fulfillment, just in the same way as we react to falsity with a lack of fulfillment. Our body recoils from it, but our whole being is inclined towards the truth. And so you can imagine here as they begin to hear the truth and they receive it, it begins to burn in their hearts because we are made for that. And then what we can see is another cause for a burning heart is rejoicing, as it says in the first reading for today. So not only are their hearts caught alight and burn with fire because of the purification that happens by Christ's word, but as we see in the first reading for today is that they delight also in his presence. As St. David says, and as is quoted by St. Peter, there is a delight in the presence of God, a rejoicing. I find my gladness in your presence. 
And so what also has happening in their hearts is they are beginning to delight in his presence. It says he appeared to be going further and they cling to him. Stay with us. It is toward evening and the day is now far spent. Their rejoicing is not only in his words, but also in the fact that he is present to them. And so what does this mean for us? Well, we bring it back as always to the mass, the place in which the Eucharist, which is the fulfillment of the scriptures, which is what the scriptures point to, this reality that we participate in, where we come and we open the scriptures seeking to understand them, but also then we rejoice in the presence of the one who is made present to us. And so it is through this participation in the liturgy and in the mass that we experience this same transformation that happened to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. It is here at the Mass that the words are broken open to us, that we can begin to understand all of these things in the light of Christ, that our heart can be purified through the reception of the word and can catch fire. And then we can also then, like them, rejoice in his presence, that he is present to us in the breaking of the bread, and that he is then received by us in Holy Communion. And this is the great mystery that we participate in, the mystery that transforms us, and the mystery that causes us to catch fire. Amen.